We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Mavs Step Back podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning. Ball in the airline center, we bout to get litty. Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up on the porch. How you reckon with his force? Third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth. Look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas. Airline serving as the palace. Young team, and it's full of talent. Want revenge, we accept the challenge. Luca carrying a legacy. What it take to be an MVP? Being great, know it cost a fee. Know it really Really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I ain't woke up the city. Map shoot hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Both triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. And tonight we have a familiar guest. Uh, he's come on with us many times before. He's back tonight. It's been a while. It's our guy, Kirk Henderson, editor-in-chief over at Mavs Moneyball. Kirk, how you doing, man? Boys, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. We're gonna have some fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's been too long, but you know, we we keep in contact and we pretty much talk every day about things that are that are going on with the Mavs. And uh, today they officially announced the hirings of Nico Harrison. He's president of basketball ops and general manager, and Jason Kidd as the head coach. And Kirk, uh, Matt, and I we we talked with Fish about this at length in our last pod. So I won't, I won't talk too long on it, but I do want to get your thoughts, your full thoughts on one, uh, the, the, the hiring process that the Mavs took for both these guys. And two, what's your, what's your feeling for each guy? And, you know, is there any kind of optimism on your side or do you think they're just doomed? <laughs> so let's start 
with Jason Kidd. Um, to me, the Jason Kidd hiring is a another indication that for all of Cuban's boldness as an entrepreneur and as an owner, he has a very hard time uh, when it comes to coaching and to a lesser extent, the front office, obviously, but Donnie Nelson worked there for 24 years. He, he has a very hard time making a bit of a bolder hire. Going to Jason Kidd is calling back to someone within the family. And during his time as Mavericks owner, each coach has had a very clear link to the organization in some way. Rick Carlisle was kind of, you know, the furthest extension because he was friends with Donnie Nelson for years and years and years. Um, but he was still a very close friend, great hire. Avery Johnson had been a Maverick and was basically coach and waiting, you know, and then there was Don Nelson. So uh, I, I don't really like this hire from, from, for a multitude of reasons, but to me, it just sort of shows that, that it's, uh, you know, Mark sometimes just kind of clams up when it, when it comes to thinking now the GM hire, which I'll get to in a second, I think is a little bit more inspired and, you know, Mark Stein, and I'm sure fish has confirmed this too. Like this was very clearly a package deal for both of them, which I, I'm, a, I'm a little curious as to who was the anchor for the package. Um, it's, you know, logic dictates it would be Nico because he had been pulled. Uh, he had been attempted to, to get lured away from Nike by other people. Uh, but the Mavericks somehow did it. So it seems that the appropriate bait was Jason Kidd as coach. So maybe there's some long-term relationship there, which I'm unaware of. But for, for Jason Kidd as a coach, I'm just kind of eh on it at the moment. Now, I will say I, I have been crushing this hire for a week. You know, since I guess it, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be like five or six days of me kicking the crap out of this hire. <laughs> but I, I talked to Silver Screen Roll uh, podcaster Anthony Irwin, who who has, you know, kind of covered – the late he's covered the Lakers for years. And so kid the past two, and he walked me through a lot of, you know, how kid came on board versus, you know, what kid had done while on staff that they were aware of. And, you know, Jason kid lost his previous two jobs in no small part because of failed power grabs. Um, and really some kind of questionable treatment of non-star players. Like he really players that he doesn't like, he apparently very much did not like in his stops with the bucks and the, and the nets. And, you know, that's just not really feasible because you have to coach a roster of 15 guys. But Anthony said that, that, you know, based on the interactions with the Lakers, players seem to really, really like him uh, top to bottom. And, you know, that includes a backbench guy like, like Jared Dudley. And that I think was, was particularly interesting. Now, obviously assistant coach is different than head coach, but you know, he, he was known as kind of a gruff guy with the bucks and with the nets. And if he's lightened up a little bit and can actually be a true players coach to more than just the star. Um, I think that that bodes uh, positive. Um, I've, I've not had much positive to say about that. So I think that's at least Im Im important to note um, kid, comes in with with just some some you know challenges ahead because there's not really anything on his coaching resume beyond the fact that he was a star player that indicates that he will be a successful coach but you know all it takes is one successful run um and he's obviously won his second championship with the lakers so he brings you know that to the table nico harrison's a little bit different in that I don't understand what he was hired for outside of perhaps like tampering. <laughs> 
legal legal tampering. legal i mean is it like the mavericks you know it, it seemed like donnie nelson never engaged in what bill simmons referred to as pre-agency the mavericks seem to lock themselves into a certain agent or a certain field of guys like weeks before any free agency stuff and then they just never did anything creative and the fact that this guy comes to the table with a lot of pre-established relationships it simply has to matter i don't know how much it'll matter I do like that it gives us something new to think about. I don't think he has any business running a basketball operation, but Michael Finley is there and they have the same capologist that they've had for years, according to Brad Townsend. Like there, there's a bit, you know, the roles and what these guys play, I think we can really only guess at. But I, I the 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 kind of out-of-the-box thinking that the Cuban showed for this is is at least at minimum extremely interesting. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I, I can at least feel a little bit of comfort in the fact that they tried something weird, which, you know, maybe we'll look back in two years and say that was a big difference. You know, I've rambled for like four straight minutes. I'm sorry. No, no, it's good stuff. And I'm glad you brought up what, uh, what Anthony said, because I I've talked to a few people that have said the same thing, you know, that coming in, there wasn't really, I guess you'd say there wasn't really much expectations for or many expectations for Jason Kidd just being an assistant coach and everything. But I mean, apparently people over there have a really, you know, high opinion of him just based on these last two years specifically. Did you know he was the highest paid assistant in the league? I did not, but that probably helped. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, it, it just, you know, payment sometimes speaks to value or, and, and Anthony said that very much he was sort of forced on Frank Vogel's staff, but once it became clear that Vogel knew exactly what he was doing, there was not really much of a question as to who was the head coach. And so just, I'm, I'm, I find myself from a basketball perspective kind of heartened. Um, because you know, his, his just two previous stops hadn't, you know, they're like decidedly mediocre. And I know that like Middleton and Giannis really liked him uh, with the Bucks, but then, you know, Giannis took off the year after. And that just, you know, it's kind of like with, with, you know, what happened with the, the Mavericks after, uh, after Avery got let go and Carlisle got elevated. You know, sometimes you just need a coach for a specific point in a team's, um, what do you want to call it, trajectory. So, you know, there's, I, I think there's more to it than why I had originally kind of given credit to. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still frustrated by it because of the non-basketball stuff. Uh, just feels like an unforced error for a team that likes to commit those. But, you know, it is what it is right now. And I think that that kind of the, you know, it's what you've said when we've been chatting is like, the only way forward is sort of through this to a degree. So there's not you, you know, there's there's some there's some value in talking about how how frustrating this can be for certain elements of the fan base, but it's also not going away. Yeah, yeah, there's a, that's that was my thing. You know, that as much as irritating as it was for a lot of people, there's just, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we have to we have to just roll with it and hope it turns out well and you know, I've said it I said it to y'all the other day and I was kind of halfway joking, but in a way, you know, in a way I wasn't, but I was like, you know, Jason Kidd has been to the second round more in the last decade than, than Rick Carlisle has (laughs) (laughs) as a head coach. And look, I mean, if you, if you took Jason Kidd and you had him as the head coach during that, that post championship stretch where Rick Carlisle was taking Chris Kamen and, you know, OJ Mayo to a 500 roster, I mean, 500 roster a 500 record 
uh, in a season when Dirk was injury prone and all that stuff. I mean, the Ma- Jason Kidd wouldn't have been able to do what what uh, what Rick did. But the fact that the Mavs have Luca, I mean, we've talked about this amongst ourselves, but the fact that they have Luca, it likely makes this a non-factor. Like wh- whoever you put at head coach, as long as they get along with the players, I'm not necessarily sure that the X's and O's stuff really matters as much as it would have with some of those rosters the Mavs had uh, in the, in the post championship era. Yeah, certainly not, certainly not in the regular season, not in the regular. I mean, the, the playoffs as we've been watching these last several weeks, the playoffs is where the coaching and the adjustments can really shine through, but it's a little cart before the horse to worry about that before Dallas gets to the second round. (laughs) So, and I mean, if the connections are there, like we've been hoping for, uh, you know, if, if they're able to upgrade the talent on this roster and we we saw how, I don't know how much of it has to do with, uh, you know, with the revenge factor and Luca just, you know, playing out of his mind and everything. I mean, they have good players on the roster. It's just like we've talked about many times before. A lot of guys are just playing a notch, a notch or two above where they should be on the, on the talent totem pole. So if they can just add a couple more, pieces it doesn't even have to be you know mega star talent like everybody's been thirsting over including myself i'm not i'm not calling anybody out <laughs> but everybody's been thirsting for for dame lillard this week uh but you don't even necessarily need that you know just mm-hmm. up, upgrade around the edges knock a couple of these guys down from where they are right now like dorian finney smith and uh maxi kleba and Tim Hardaway Jr., if you keep him. And, you know, this team is likely in the Western Conference Finals right now, playing the Phoenix Suns. So, uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, th- I think that if if you're going to talk about a star in a, in a, you know, a mediocre head coach, which, you know, in my opinion, Jason Kidd is at best a mediocre head coach. Um, and at worst, he's an awful coach. But if you're going to – say that a player can elevate you that much. I mean, I just, I just don't buy that. I, I, I think that you have to have more than just other good complimentary pieces around a star player. I mean, LeBron taking that terrible Cleveland team out of the East basically by himself was one thing because the East was terrible, but I don't think you can really survive even with Luca. If you don't have a head coach that, you know, has relevant postseason experience and relevant, um, you know, basketball knowledge to the level of Rick Carlisle. Now, do I think Rick Carlisle was the answer? No. I mean, obviously there was some issues there and, you know, I, I've been saying before he was, before he even left that, you know, I, I thought his time in Dallas had kind of run its course and that doesn't mean that he's a bad coach. I, I think Indiana is going to get infinitely better with him as the head coach. <clears throat> they might not sign very many free agents because people apparently don't like him very much but they're going to play good basketball, at least on paper with X's nose. So I, I think that they do need to kind of still get that Dame level type guy because all these other teams in the West, like now Phoenix is, is where they are. And, you know, Golden State, I, I know that they're terrible right now because of their injuries and stuff, but I, I just can't see that staying the same way. The West is just, is just going to get harder. It's not going to get easier. So, yep having a guy like Jason Kidd as your postseason head coach is a big worry for me. 
which is why they need to go out and they need to add more talent. <laughs> because once you get to that point, you know, you can let Luca go. And he, we saw what he can do, especially like in a game seven situation. I mean, he was just looking back on that Clipper series. I'm just, I'm just amazed all over again, looking at what he was able to accomplish going up against uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for a second straight postseason. But they, they've got to upgrade the roster. That's the main thing here. And, uh, I mean, look, I'm not saying that, that Jason Kidd is going to end up morphing into this, this awesome coach all of a sudden. I just think uh, given Luca's talent, and not just his talent, but how he plays the game, you know, it's, it's – uh, you don't really have to draw up plays all the time for him. So, I mean, when they do eventually get in that situation, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I just don't think it's a, it's a huge deal – uh, for right now that that might change later I might be completely wrong about that but you know we'll, we'll see how that goes but uh, just kind of transitioning now from the from the kid and Nico Harrison stuff so obviously there is a Dame connection there because Damian Lillard he's he's super close with Nico Harrison um, he's uh, you know it, it came out initially when uh, Terry Stotts got fired from Portland that you know, Dame said he wanted Jason Kidd, and there was a big, you know, to-do about that. And uh, now he's dealing with even more scrutiny because of the Chauncey Billups hire. But anyway, so there's naturally a connection for us to make and have all these conspiracies about, you know, maybe Dame would, would like to play in Dallas now. Without getting... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 
getting into all that because we talked about it with with fish on our on our last podcast i want to bring this up to you guys because it has been a long time since we've brought up zach levine on this podcast <laughs> and so one of our podcast listeners sent a dm to me the other day a really detailed uh dm you know saying how this could be the next anthony davis situation and i thought that was a really good point because the thing that makes dame so hard to uh what's the word Uh, the thing that makes it so hard to actually envision dame being traded to the mavs is he still has what three or four years left on his contract I don't even think that max, uh, that super max extension has kicked in. I think this next season will be the first year of it. Uh, so, you know, he still has four years left. You know, as much as we like to talk about, you know, Dame could say he wants to go to Dallas and control his destiny or whatever. I mean, that's to a certain extent because, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a lot of years left. Uh, you know, it, it would take a huge, huge, package to get him and it might be the same for Levine but the thing with him is he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next offseason unless they come to an agreement on an extension this summer which I don't personally see happening so uh, when he does when and if he does eventually uh, pass up that extension then you're going to have these talks like you did with Anthony Davis like oh well they might go ahead and trade him uh, and I think that's where more of our pipe dream focus should be at is on a guy like Levine because uh, that free agency is coming up a whole lot sooner. Uh, we know he likes Luca, you know, in, in general. I, we've seen them together a few times, like at All-Star Weekend, stuff like that. He's Bill, Can- Bill uh, what, Luca's agent is his agent. Yeah, Billy Duffy. They, they mm-hmm. share an agent. And, you know, Zach Levine, he's not the best defender, to put it nicely, but he has improved. Uh, you know, at least this last season, he, he's had a little bit of improvement. But he gives the Mavs what they need on offense. It gives you another guy who can create his own shot. He can distribute a little bit. He's super athletic, can get out and transition and run, finish lobs. Uh, it's, it's just – it's something that the Mavs, in my opinion – uh, sorely need next to Luca. He would be the ideal uh, second star, not co-star, but second star next to Luca. So, well, what's your thoughts on that, Kurt? I mean, Levine's game is so interesting because he is is he's his trajectory has been almost exactly what you would hope for for a star player, where he grows a little bit each year and then really explodes because do you remember remember when the Mavs sat Luca against the Bulls in like the opening five games so bad and and Levine scored something like 20 straight points like and we were all sitting here crowing like worried oh it's the Mavs defense is just so bad and while that too was true um Levine turned out to have a simply outstanding season and I think if if we're dreaming that one there's a much more logical path to that to, to him be, becoming a maverick than a you know a fair number of other like top 25-ish guys. Um, the mechanics of it are so, stuff that I've just never been particularly good at. I, I I think I think the Bulls 
may have secured a kind of non-binding promise from him because they traded two first-round picks to go get Nikola Vujicic, and that just didn't work. Um, it didn't work, you know. So, and they're kind of they're in a in a similar situation to what Dallas is with KP, where they're sort of out of 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 chips to do certain things. And yet, because, you know, their star player is up for either an extension, I think he can decline and then re-sign like a new max deal if he wanted to for a larger percentage. You know, he, he's kind of got them over a barrel depending on what he wants. And this is where, you know, the, the kind of, you know, does he want to be like generationally wealthy and play basketball on a bad team? Or would he like to win some basketball games and probably sacrifice, I don't know, 25% of what he could have made elsewhere. That, that's kind of where, or does he, you know, sign a deal like that. And then in a year do something where, you know, because if Dane manages to get traded, all bets are off regarding contracts. Like the NBA will have a real problem on their hands. If Dame is able to get traded with four years left, because at that point it means the contract means nothing. And it's like, it's finding that line of demarcation as to which, which superstar is, is not able to pull some nonsense like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you look at, you look at what, uh, you know, it's kind of the same situation with James Harden. I don't think he had as many years left as, as what Dame does, but it was pretty mm-hmm. close. And, you know, the, the Nets, they ended up getting like three or four picks and the same exact number of pick swaps as well. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the package is going to be much, much bigger when you have a guy with that many years left on his contract. But, you know, just touching on the – like, look, I've, I've been kind of pining for, for Zach Levine for two years now. And he's been good before this season, this past season. But like you said, he, he completely took it to a whole other level this year he he shot over 50 percent from the field which is by far like at least four or five points higher percentage points higher than any other season in his career uh 42 percent from three which is four percentage points higher than any other season in his career uh 85 percent from the free throw line so he almost had a 50 40 90 season while averaging 27 points per game (laughs) do you want to know what watching him felt like i felt like watching him was he was like an NBA jam player who was on fire. <laughs> I mean, Luca plays this kind of methodical, yeah, you know, slow, whatever. Like Levine's game is just butter, where it's it's smooth and it's terrifying. Like he's a he's bigger than you think, at least like longer. And I don't know, this is gonna be kind of heresy, but we're kind of this far in the podcast. The thing about Dame, just if we're talking just building a, you know, a team, Dame might be a bottom five defender. He, <laughs> he is terrible. Yeah. And, you know, it, it gets lost in translation. It's like, oh, he has to do so much for Portland. He has to, do, and he got carved up by the Suns fourth and fifth, or not the Suns, the Nuggets fourth yeah. and fifth guards. Like he got annihilated by Monty Morris and it's not to say I don't think he's worth it. I would absolutely pay to see Dane be a Dallas Maverick. It's just one of these things to where I think Levine, if we're talking hopeful, insane, uh, you know, kind of like reaches, 
Levine has some some game to him just due to his size that he's not going to get crushed the way Dame Lillard does on defense. Like Luca kind of had that going for him too, where it's just like being a big stone in the middle of the lane sometimes works to your favor. Oh yeah, yeah, we saw that multiple times. And I mean, to Luca's credit, he was a lot better defensively this year than he was last year as well. Right. And a lot of that does have to do with his size, but. Uh, I mean, Matt, I mean, wh- where, where are you at on the Levine idea? Do you think I'm just nuts that, you know, this could be a, a real possibility or um, am I just grasping for straws or do you agree with me that <laughs> this might be as far as a pipe dream, the more, the most realistic the Mavs have uh, in the foreseeable future? Well, I, I, two things. One, uh, we can now title the podcast, uh, Kirk endorses Zach Levine over Dame. Yes. Uh, mm. Dallas. Yeah, let's uh, let's that'll get some engagement. None yeah. of it happy. <laughs> the uh, the other thing is Dalton, I never really disagree with you and or think you're crazy unless it was the Giannis to Dallas stuff. I thought that was kind of crazy. Yeah. But even I, I felt crap over that. that. But no, I mean I like the ideal of, of Levine a lot. He fits basically everything that you need. Uh, for Dallas, I mean, he's not a terrible defender, and um, I definitely would rather have him over someone like DeRozan. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that would be really exciting. You need, you know, you'd score 150 points a game, you might end up, you know, giving up 148, but I mean, you're winning most of your games and you're still making the playoffs. It's what do you, you know, are we, are we saying we trade KP in that situation? Because if, if Golden State, in okay if you can't get uh kelly Oubre from golden state for kp then how are you going to get zach levine from chicago for kp yeah that's my question it's a lot harder to get than kelly Oubre, and i don't know my my thinking on levine is if if a player like we've said this with pretty much every big star we said it with bradley beal we've said it with dame uh, you know, it's kind of the same thing with Levine. The Mavs' best shot of getting a guy like that is for that guy to come out and be like, I want to play in Dallas <laughs> with Luca. That that's probably down. that's probably the biggest factor in all of this. But it when a guy has multiple years left on his deal, then other teams who can obviously put up better trade package, packages than the Mavs can they're more willing to take that risk, even though the guy's saying, oh, I want to play here. They're more willing to take the risk and make the trade because they have that many years of control. Whereas with the, with the Bulls, you know, if Levine says, I want to play in Dallas, the chances are, you know, another team is – and they might still do it, but the chances are that another team won't put up a huge trade offer uh, to, to get him when he's about to enter under, unrestricted free agency. So that's my thinking on it. You have, you just have a better chance given the Mavs current assets. Yes. They don't have the best package that anybody can, uh, can offer for Levine, but given that he shares an agent with Luca and given that he's about to be an unrestricted free agent, I just think it it could be a perfect storm kind of situation. So I'm not going to go and place any money on it, obviously, (laughs) but uh, I am going to put my tinfoil hat on for the next 30 days and see what happens. I don't disagree with anything you just said. I just, I think we're still vastly overestimating KP's trade value at this point. Oh yeah. Because I don't know what team, even the bulls who are 
facing this situation with Levine are going to want to take on all of the money that KP has, you know, on his contract. It just doesn't make sense to me that anyone would want to do that with his. But Matt, you you wouldn't in theory, in theory, you wouldn't even have to trade KP. I mean, if they, if they viewed him as a, as a negative asset, and they're like, okay, yeah, we definitely don't want to take KP back in a trade. You don't have to because Levine's making $20 million. So that's what I'm saying. Like the Mavs, they don't have the best assets to put forward to the Bulls. But I mean, you know, if it comes down to it, maybe Jalen Brunson, uh, you know, pretty much all the young players, maybe Dorian, <laughs> Dorian Finney Smith. Uh, the the 25 and the 27 first round pick, you know, there there's just ways that you can do it without having to trade KP. I mean, I, ideally, I would love to trade KP to Chicago, but uh, I just I don't think that's happening. But I don't think it has to happen that way. I think you could put together a, a reasonable package, especially with the way people have been utilizing pick swaps and all these big trades, uh, you know, to to make it work for you. So. That's where I'm at on it. But all right, y'all, uh, we're just going to we're going to wrap up with this. I uh, just wanted to basically get your thoughts on this, Kurt. But as far as non-star guys, whether free agency or trades or or whatever, I mean, well, I'll tell you what, let's let's stick with trades. As far as non-star guys in trades, good guys, but not not stars. I mean, is there a guy? who you think could help this Mavs team and maybe the Mavs end up getting like some draft capital, like a guy who's been good. He might be on a bad contract. He could help the team. And you could also like try to restock some of your, your draft equity because the Mavs, they've been kind of hamstrung the last couple of seasons with their draft picks. So just want to get your thoughts on that. Oh man. So we're talking like a potential sort of distressed asset type guy, like a rehab project. Like I've not really looked. That's a good question because you know, the, the thing we tend to not, we, but the thing that tends to get glossed over about what the Chris Tapps for Zingas trade is that the Mavericks called inquiring about Tim Hardaway. Uh, (laughs) And so (laughs) they just ended up with Chris Tapps. So and, and Tim Hardaway, who ended up being the more useful player over the long, like over the period of time to date, which is, is interesting, man. I've not really like, it, I've not really thought about any potential toxic guys because, you know, okay, if we're, look, if we're, let me, put, let me throw this out there. To, this is just one example. I was going to see if you had, and I mean, I'm sure most people haven't thought about these either, but uh, a couple of pods ago, uh, Matt and I, we discussed a potential trade with Cleveland because uh, the Cavs, they don't want – they reportedly don't want to pay Colin Sexton, and so they might be trading him. He's on the last year of his rookie deal. And, uh, you know, they, they just have Kevin Love sitting there, who is on a worse contract than, than KP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Given mm-hmm. his age and his health issue, his own health issues and everything else. So I'm just sitting there wondering, like, is there something we can work out maybe with Cleveland to where <laughs> they give us some – uh, at least one draft asset uh, for taking a Kevin Love contract. And I mean, I mean I- so, so, so this, some of this is, is kind of the bigger discussion to where the Mavericks attempted to, I think it's safe to say that no one 
even the Mavericks and expected Luca's year two jump to happen, which sort of bended their timetable and forced them and, and really continues to force them to figure out how to get good quickly because Luca's already amazing. And the Porzingis trade to date hasn't worked out the way we wanted it to. It, it largely, I don't want to say it didn't work out. It's just, it's the results have not been, you know, second round, for example. So the question that kind of has to be entertained, and I just, I don't expect this, but it needs to be out, out in the wild, is do the Mavericks need to take a step back in order to take a bigger step forward down the road? Do you know what I mean? Because like, if you're talking about bringing on a distressed asset like a Kevin Love, that is what you're suggesting. Now, you and I and Matt, we all know that the floor for Luka Doncic is probably going to be 40 games. It's, it's a matter of that. Is that good enough for the playoffs in the West? That's kind of the question. Yeah, if that low. I mean, I, I honestly think that, uh, you know, any I'm, I feel like you could put a team of G-leaguers around Luka and <laughs> still be smell, you know, sniffing around the, the eighth seed. <laughs> the so eighth you, you mean we you mean he didn't have a team of G-leaguers this year? Is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm going to give him a little bit more. Fair enough. But I mean, I mean, it's a it's a fair question. It's a fair question, you know, to get to really get better, take a step back, like you said. But I mean, it's like with the Kevin Love thing. Matt and I talked about it. If you trade for Kevin Love, even if you trade, you know, KP, who I mean, he's on a bad contract too, and he has his own injury concerns. And but in theory, he's you know he's six years younger than Love. Uh, his potential is still a lot higher than what Love can give you at this point. So maybe you could work something out there, and then if Love can stay healthy, he might even be a better fit. Because I, to- I told Matt this the other day, Kirk, I don't know if you've looked at it, but Love averaged the same or maybe more rebounds per game than KP did despite KP playing like eight more minutes per game. <laughs> uh, right, right. <laughs> In the 24 games he played this past season. So. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But anyway, Kirk, we're going to wrap this thing up. It's always great to have you on here and uh, talk with you. And we're going to head on over to your pod. Continue right. a little bit. <laughs> That's right. So if you're, if you're looking for my podcast, it might not be available immediately when uh the dalton and matthew's podcast drops we will we're still figuring out scheduling they might have a morning drop i might have an afternoon drop we're we're working on it but the point is is you're gonna have to wait a little bit but the suspension or suspension the the time between it is only gonna make it is only gonna make the podcast better trust me yes yeah either way whatever order it ends up in it'll be great so guys we appreciate it be sure to go like rate and rate and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms if you listen on apple podcasts be sure to go and leave us a review there uh and put your twitter or instagram at on there because we've been giving out t-shirts so if you want a chance at winning a t-shirt that's all you got to do go there kurt we got we need to get you a t-shirt do you want a t-shirt we'll see yes i mean i will absolutely wrap for the step back i'll send you a t-shirt if you ever have any for yours we'll, we'll you can return the favor but i'm gonna send you one Anyway, guys, we appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your day, and we will see you next time. Y'all have a good one. 
Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute.